Hello, friends. Welcome to episode number 15 of Ray Keating's Authors and Entrepreneurs Podcast. You know, it's a a beautiful spring night. Uh, I've got the window to my home office open, so you may hear cars going by. Uh, but it's just perfect. There's a little breeze coming in. A wonderful night to do a podcast, of course. Tonight, uh, on this episode, I'm going to talk a bit about my new book, Reagan Country, a Pastor Stephen Grant novel. Now, I'm not going to do this in a shameless, self-promotion kind of way. Well, at least not completely. But I'm going to tie in some thoughts on being open at all times to ideas for new ventures. First, in terms of introduction, I'm Ray Keating, your host and the author of the Pastor Stephen Grant novels, which are available at Amazon.com in both paperback and for the Kindle, including the new Pastor Stephen Grant novel, as I said, titled Reagan Country. So this is a great time to get on board, get someone else on board, or just get caught up on all eight Pastor Stephen Grant novels. Uh, in addition, I'm a nonfiction book author. Please check out Chuck vs. the Business World, business tips on TV. That's based on the TV show Chuck, and it's jam-packed with tips for your business and your career. Uh, that's also available in paperback and for the Kindle at Amazon.com and signed copies at RayKeatingOnline.com. And if I didn't mention it before, and I don't think I did, you can go to RayKeatingOnline.com and get Pastor Stephen Grant novels signed by me. So I'm also a columnist and an economist. Uh, for good measure, I taught MBA students for a decade about entrepreneurship, the economy, and a whole host of other management topics. And while this podcast is mainly targeted at readers and book lovers in general, authors, aspiring authors, entrepreneurs, and aspiring entrepreneurs, everybody is, of course, welcome to tune in. So ideas, you never know where they're going to come from, right? Um, I've talked about this before, I'm going to mention it real quick, the original idea for Stephen Grant, uh, the... The former Navy SEAL, one-time CIA operative, and now Lutheran pastor. Uh, that came from a chat I had with a lady that I've worked with for many years. And she just happened to mention one day that there was a new priest or parish, and he used to work at the CIA. And I thought that was cool. I filed it away. Then I found myself for my Newsday column. I was a newspaper columnist for more than 20 years with uh, various newspapers on Long Island writing a weekly column. I still write columns online. But anyway, uh, so Newsday, I went to cover a James Bond conference at Hofstra University. I've talked about this before, but it fits here. And found out that Ian Fleming was my age at that time when the first James Bond novel was published. So I took that as a, a sign and uh, filed my column and then started work on the first Pastor Stephen Grant novel, Warrior Monk. And now we are up to number eight, Reagan Country, as I, as I mentioned. So that's where the idea for Stephen Grant and the series came from. Very unexpected, um, just out of the blue, if you will. And it kind of, a similar thing happened uh, in terms of an idea coming out of the blue for Reagan Country. So in my economist life, I was invited to a conference in Simi Valley at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. So the person I work for said, hey, do you want to go? And I was like, do I want to go to the Reagan Presidential Library? Yes, of course. Uh, so off I went. Uh, I got there early. 
and uh, took a day by myself at the Reagan Library. And I, I still remember this, you know, when you, you know, you stop at the desk, get all the information, and then you start the tour. Uh, when you walk into that area, uh, to the right, there's an inscription on the wall, a sign, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I'm going to read it to you very quickly um, as I page through the book to come to the quote. And here you go. So this is the first statement that greets guests when they tour the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. Okay. Quote, Ronald Reagan was one of the most influential leaders of the 20th century. He led a profound change in our world at home and abroad. His deep convictions, optimism, and determination continue to inspire millions of people around the world today. Close quote. Now, I would agree with that, but that there was something about it that just grabbed me. You know, I continued on with the tour, had a wonderful time, learned all sorts of great things. Um, stayed there for, you know, I guess a couple more days uh, at the library for the for the conference, and we also had a you know tour of 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 the uh, of the the Reagan Presidential Library. It was just again, it was a wonderful um, uh, experience. But you know, it was that quote stuck with me, um, and uh, it 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 became uh, the the genesis, the starting point uh, for this book. So, you know, I said to myself, this, this, this inspiration that still lasts today from Reagan, Reagan's legacy, um, I, can, I can work this into a story. You serve it as, you know, use it as the foundation, the backdrop. Um, so, you know, I, I was thinking about naturally, you know, when you think about Reagan and the Soviet Union and so on, uh, and Russia today being in the news, so... Here, you know, it started to germinate, and you know, now we've got a story that focuses on you know, can this person that uh, a Russian businessman who's on the rise, um, the U.S. press is referring to him as Russia's Reagan. And the question is, can you know, does so will Ronald Reagan's influence all these years later reach into Russia, you know, the former evil, former evil empire, right, if you will? So, but of course, this conflict, uh, as there should be in any good thriller like this, um, and others in Russia seek to to return to the old days. They want Russia's former greatness, as they put it. Um, so the dispute uh, rages on; it becomes deadly. There's conflict that stretches from, you know, we go from. I take the reader from the Reagan Presidential Library in California. We go to the White House. We go to a Russian Orthodox monastery. Uh, and we go to the Kremlin. And throughout, Stephen Grant is at the center of this. Um, you know, and, and also a whole host of characters that hopefully readers have, have grown to enjoy and love uh, through the earlier books. And then new characters as well. Um, and it just hopefully makes for uh, a fun, interesting story. You know, that's always my objective with my books is first and foremost tell a good story, engage the readers, um, also have characters that, that they, they want to know more about, uh, appealing characters, and also obviously the bad guys that, that, uh, that they, they want to see, uh, in such, in, that we all want to see in such stories. Um, so good storytelling, good characters, 
Um, and, and along the way, you know, you get I get to say something, but hopefully not in a heavy-handed, I'm hitting you over the head with a two-by-four kind of way. Um, I've tried to keep that in mind with all my books and continue to do that with, uh, with Reagan Country. So when you look at the title, this is not a book um, exactly about Ronald Reagan. And, and I'm going to read, you know, authors often do little readings. Uh, I debated doing this, but I'm going to do it. I, I put an author's note at the beginning of the book. And I'm just going to read that to give you a flavor of what I'm trying to do here with this book. So here it goes. Uh, The idea for this Pastor Stephen Grant novel hit me when visiting the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in early 2017. The trip was a joy and meant a great deal. I was fortunate to come of political age in the 1980s. In fact, the first time I voted for president was in 1984 and I pulled the lever for President Reagan. That wasn't unique. After all, he won re-election in a landslide. Personally, Reagan influenced not only my political beliefs, but also my career as as I went on to work as a supply-side economist. Specifically, the idea for this book began to germinate when I read the Declaration on the Wall, where visitors start their tour of the library. And I quote that. I'm not going to read the quote again. I continue on. Many Americans today fail to fully appreciate Reagan's influence and impact. Interestingly, that seems to be less the case in Eastern Europe. Statues have been erected in recent years in Reagan's honor in locales like Warsaw, Krakow, and Gdansk in Poland, uh, Budapest, Hungary, and Sofia, Bulgaria. In such places, Reagan's role in defeating Soviet communism is very much understood. This novel is not about Ronald Reagan per se. Rather, it's a Pastor Stephen Grant thriller about both longtime and new characters in a hopefully exciting an interesting story. Amidst the action, faith, fun, and thrills in the following pages, though, this work of fiction notes and uses Reagan's influence, speculating on it reaching even into Russia. So that's the author's note. I hope uh, all of this entices you to just open the laptop and <laughs> go to Amazon or go to RayKeatingOnline.com order the book and i hope you enjoy it um now having said all about all of that about reagan country what's the takeaway here and and i have six quick takeaways uh for us in this episode so number one always keep your eyes and ears open for opportunities and ideas uh, you know that i did not expect the idea for a series of novels to come from you know somebody mentioning to me in passing that a priest at her parish used to be with the CIA. I did not expect the idea for Reagan country to come uh, while I was visiting the Reagan presidential library and I read an inscription on the wall. Uh, So you always have to keep your eyes and ears open for opportunities and ideas. Also watch number two, watch for a market being ignored or not served. Uh, And that's more important for a writer than one might think, right? I mean, that's always, it's always somehow or another that's on the list for entrepreneurs, you know, startups, look at the marketplace, what's being ignored, who's being ignored, what's not being served, etc., etc. But writers um, should think it like that as well, especially indie writers, indie publishers, um, because, you know, it's, it's um, you know, my books, my, my Pastor Stephen Grant novels, they're thrillers, they're mysteries, um, sometimes, you know, they lean one w- more one way than the other way. 
but there certainly are Christian books, right? There's there's a Christian message in them, um, but they don't really fit, uh, you know, certainly traditional Christian fiction. They don't really fit um, certain aspects of thrillers and mysteries. So hopefully, you know, the, the idea of this character uh, being who he is, what he was, and, and you know, what he, how he deals with things and so on, is, is somewhat unique, at least. Um, <clears throat> I think that works certainly to my advantage, and, and indie publishing allows me to try to, to, to capitalize on that. But understand that traditional publishers will, will often fight that. I mean, publishing the publishing world, unfortunately, is not known as a great bastion of innovation. So if you come in with a book and you say, listen, I've got something here that's really, you know, they don't like it when it doesn't fit a certain genre, right? A certain... Uh, category, um, so they'll fight you on that. Um, I can, I can uh, attest to that myself. But again, I think indie publishing, the technology that we have at our disposal, uh, opens doors for for writers to to think that way, to think more entrepreneurial in terms of what market is being ignored or not served. Uh, number three, I'm going to call it the pad and pen, whether it be a pad, an actual pad and pen, or a smartphone or whatever. But always have something with you that you can jot down, um, things that come to mind, ideas. Again, this is what we're talking about here. Um, I, I'll give you an example of not doing this. <laughs> you know, usually whenever I leave the house, um, I have uh, something to write with. Usually it's, uh, you know, I'm a long time, I was a longtime newspaper columnist for, for 20 years. So I always had those reporter notebooks love the shape of them. They fit in your pocket. Nice. You know, um, I continue with those to this very day. Um, love them. So that's what I usually have with me and I can jot down, uh, something that comes to mind. Now, of course, um, actually this past Sunday going to church, a couple of ideas popped in my head. I did not have paper or pen with me. <clears throat> I said, I hope I remember it, but knowing me, I won't. And sure enough, I didn't. And, now we're a few days later, a couple days later, I should say, and I still don't remember. So hopefully it'll pop back in my head. But there's an example of why you need to have a pad and pen with you. You also need number four. Uh, can you carve out time to think, think creatively? You know, we will. Can you know? Steve Jobs was a big advocate of this. I think he argued for taking two weeks out of the year, going away, and he used to think big thoughts for Apple or whatever else he was working on. Uh, Bill Gates, I think, does does or did the same thing. Um, so can you do that? Now, I would love to say that, you know, I take two weeks out of the year and go stay at some wonderful resort and do this, but of course I do not. <laughs> um, not all of us can, can afford to do such things. But if you can just take, uh, for example, uh, one day or two days, they don't even have to be back-to-back. Um, sometimes it's beneficial to separate them a bit you know, so you come back to some ideas and see if they make sense or not. But, you know, a day uh, out of a week or, you know, maybe two days out of a month uh, and just cut yourself off from everything and, and have that time to to think creatively. I think that helps tremendously. I, I mean, I've been able to do it. I don't do it as often as I need to, but it does help you uh, in terms of, you know, whether it be as an author, as an author entrepreneur or just an entrepreneur to think about what you're doing, assessing what you're doing, uh, and coming up with new ideas, uh, new opportunities uh, to think about and explore. So time to think, critical. 
number five, um, deal with, you're going to have to deal with failure. We all do along the way, but can you deal with it constructively? That's so important. Failure is, uh, is, should be looked at as a learning process. You learn the lesson. I think I heard some, somebody saying this. I think I was on podcast. I was listening to today. Might've been Lou Mangello's uh, WDW radio podcast. He was inter- interviewing a, a retiring Disney executive. And he said, you know, when you have fa- when you fail, learn from it and then forgive yourself and move on. What a great way to think about it. Right. So that's important. Uh, but learn the lesson. Uh, you know, think about what needs correcting. Uh, do I need to go in a little, you know, maybe in a slightly new direction, down a new path? Um, or, you know, maybe you do a sober assessment. You say, you know what? It's time to move on from this. Move on to the next and t- time to take on the next challenge. Move on to the next uh, item on the big to-do list of life. So just do it constructively uh, and do it soberly, if you will. And I don't mean, you know, that you went out and got drunk. I'm saying, you know, maybe in the heat of the moment is not the time to uh, obviously make big decisions and try to figure out the lessons. Give it a little bit of time. Um, I know some of the failures I've had in my career have taught me tremendous things going forward. Uh, Learn from successes as well. This is the flip side. Last point. Um, you know, everybody talks about learn from failure, learn from failure. Well, learn from success, right? First, enjoy success, but learn from it. Think about what you did right. Build on what you have achieved. Uh, grow um, and use use those lessons to, you know, repeat, right? Uh, these are the things that I did well, and let's take those and move on to the next project or the next step, whatever it may be. So embrace your success. Learn from your success. Um, all right, so those are the big lessons. I, again, I hope you love uh, Reagan Country, a Pastor Stephen Grant novel. Please check it out. Uh, I'd love to f- get feedback. I'd love to hear from readers. i really love to hear that they like the book. <laughs> uh, of course, though, I just talked about the idea of getting learning from, from negatives as well. So if you've got something negative to say, sure, throw it my way. I, listen, I've been a newspaper columnist for a long time. I could take it. But... Um, but obviously, the encouragement aspect—if um, you—if you found the book enjoyable, I'd love to hear uh, from you on that. Whether you shoot me a message on Facebook, uh, shoot me uh, an email at raykeating at keatingreports.com. Uh, best of all, if you liked it, go over and write a review at Amazon.com. That's always a big help. So thanks for tuning in. Please like us on Facebook at Pastor Stephen Grant Novels and at Authors and Entrepreneurs. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Also, please uh, tune in to another new podcast of mine, Free Enterprise in Three Minutes. Some quick economics lessons that I offer. And again, you can listen and subscribe at iTunes. Uh, Again, my Pastor Stephen Grant novels, including Reagan Country, uh, as well as my business career book, Chuck vs. the Business World, are available in paperback and for the Kindle at Amazon.com. Sign books at RayKeatingOnline.com. And until the next installment of Ray Keating's Authors and Entrepreneurs Podcast, enjoy reading, enjoy writing, and enjoy entrepreneurship. God bless and take care of you.